is a platform that you can find inspiring story of young leaders who work to promote sustainable development and gender equality. Today I have Sisi Bo from South Africa with me. Hello! Hi! How are you? Very good, thanks. And yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. So you have been traveling around South Africa lately? Um, yes, actually I went to Durban, which is one of our cities. Um, one of our coastal cities. So it was good to just be by the beach and um, see the ocean. And, and that's that's always refreshing. Great. That's wonderful. How is the COVID situation there? Um, it's been quite interesting. Uh, we Obviously, the economy now is, is open and um, a lot of businesses have opened up and travel and tourism has also picked up quite significantly, uh, which is why we were actually able to travel Um, but it's been interesting. I think, you know, the economy has taken quite a hit. A lot of people have lost their jobs, unfortunately, um, you know, due to COVID. So I think it's been a very difficult time for the country. And I think it's been a very difficult time for a lot of people on a personal level. But I'm just happy to see that things are starting to open and um, businesses are starting to open and function. So hopefully the economy can start to recover. It is wonderful to hear that the situation is getting better. Now, I'd like to ask you about your podcast, Hazy's Podcast. So when did you start it? So I actually started my podcast early this year. I think it was um, probably late January or early February. But I wanted to start it for a very long time. And um, I kind of stalled and delayed on it for different reasons. But eventually, um, around February or so, I just decided to do it. Why did you decide to start a podcast in early 2020? Well, I think I, I, I wanted to do it for a very long time. I knew that I had a message um, of hope that I wanted to communicate to my community and I guess to the world, but I wasn't sure how to do it or what platform to do it on. So my background, um, I have a background in TV presenting and TV producing. So I'm quite comfortable in front of the camera. And I initially thought that I wanted to do some stuff on YouTube and a few video content on Instagram. But then I realized that a lot of that video content requires appearance. And I really wanted to just have a conversation. I didn't want to be bogged down by lighting and makeup and hair and clothes. I really just wanted to get down to business and have conversations that would hopefully inspire people to change their lives. And so I think for a long time, the hesitation was just around finding the right format and the right platform. And uh, when I, I first started to listen to quite a few podcasts myself, and I realized, hey, I can do this. So let me see what's required. Um, unknown to me at the time, I had to get gear And I had to familiarize myself with audio content, um, which is something that was a whole other challenge on its own. Um, but I think a few months into the podcast, I developed some comfort and some familiarity with different techniques. And I eventually kind of developed some comfort in, in that platform and in producing content for people to listen to. 
So what type of contents that you produce for your podcast? So I think from the very beginning, um, I think it's, it's really, I guess, inspired from my, my childhood and being obsessed with creating something that I had never seen. For me, it was creating a life that, you know, my parents hadn't seen, that my siblings hadn't seen. I was always obsessed with creating a life that was more than what I had, you know, being raised in South Africa, um, my late mother didn't really have a lot of money. And I think um, coming from poverty, I really wanted to change my mindset and I wanted to change my thinking. And I really wanted to create something that was sustainable and something that was Could, could even be passed on to future generations. I wanted to do something impactful with my life. But I think I realized at a young age that in order to build something you've never seen and to do something you've never done, you have to familiarize yourself with content that is positive, content that shifts your mindset, content that inspires you to think differently. And um, so from the beginning, I've always been obsessed with the way that we think, the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we perceive life in general. And um, I think I wanted to create a platform, which is obviously now through the podcast, but I wanted to create a platform where we could have transformative conversations about life, about our identity and about our purpose. And to have conversations that basically centralize the idea that if you live an intentional life, If you live a life with some sort of determination, then that's a life fulfilled. You know, that's a purpose fulfilled. So I wanted to create a platform where I could have these kinds of conversations with different people around the world talking about different things. But ultimately, every conversation should inspire a person to be present um, in their existence and to pursue their purpose. How do you create a content that inspire other people? And when do you create the content? What comes first to your mind? Well, often when I create the content, sometimes it's about things that I'm seeing happening around me in my community. Um, so I know that, you know, COVID-19 has been a very difficult time for all of us, right? As a collective community, it's been difficult for all of us. And, you know, it's obviously impacted us in different ways, you know, depending on which country you're in, which city you're in. And I realized that one of the most difficult battles that we'd be having during COVID-19 is actually our mental health and making sure that we all remain mentally healthy and sane during a very difficult time. And so over the course of this year, I've had the opportunity to talk to nutritionists, you know, wellness specialists, um, entrepreneurs, social activists, people that have gone out of their way to talk about mental health, to talk about wellness, and to bring those conversations to my platform. So no matter what country you're in, the idea is that every Tuesday on the Hazes podcast, you'll be able to hear a conversation that inspires you, you know, that makes you aware of the importance of your wellness and that reaffirms the power of your existence. You know, I think during these very stressful times, um, you know, a lot of people have been isolated. And I think in isolation, a lot of people um, kind of, you know, form a depression, you know, or a sadness. And I wanted to make sure that the platform was used to make sure that people don't feel alone, 
people don't feel neglected, and people ultimately don't lose hope. Throughout the process of creating a content, what is the most challenging parts for you? One of the issues that I had was developing the confidence to put my message out there in the world. You know, it's one thing if you have random thoughts that you can journal down, that you can write in your diary. It's something completely different when you want to take those thoughts and make them public. So I had to develop the confidence that I do have something that I want to give to the world. I do have something that I want to share to the world. And I believe that there's value in that. And I had to develop the confidence to just release it. You know, I think one of the hardest things is to just start, you know. So I think that was my main challenge. I had to address my insecurities. I had to address, address my nerves and my concerns and just trust the process that, you know, it can never be big if you don't start, you know. So I had to just start. And I think as soon as I just started, it became a lot easier with time to maintain that momentum. Do you tell your parents that you are running a podcast? Um, well, actually, I so my, my mom's actually, she she's late. So she passed away a few years ago. Um, but I've, I have shared it with my, with my siblings and they're very supportive and they're very proud of me. Um, my sister actually does my marketing. So shout out to Pinda. Um, but yeah, she does my marketing. So I think my family and my friends are very supportive, you know, of my, my craft and of my passions. And I think it's important to surround yourself with people that respect what you're trying to do. So whether it's a business, uh, a career, Um, whether it's an NGO, whatever it is that you're trying to run, whatever organization or initiative you're trying to start, it's important to surround yourself with people who see value in you and who see value in what you're trying to accomplish. It is really important message that you need to surround yourself with the people who support you. But in some cases, um, it is really difficult to find the people who cheer on your success and who stay with you when you face challenges. So what are your tips to get the right people? Yeah, um, so I think it's two things, right? I think it's one, making sure that you believe in yourself and two, making sure that you surround yourself with people that believe in you, right? But um, the truth is, if you don't believe in yourself, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred people around you who believe in you you won't be able to do stuff. You won't be able to make an impact. You won't be able to be successful. So it's important that, you know, your belief starts with who you are and what you're trying to contribute and what change you're trying to make. And for that, my biggest tip is actually reading books. I'm obsessed with books. I absolutely love reading books. And I love reading content that affirms what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, in this world, there's so much content out there. I think we actually, a world of over-communicators, I can even put it that way. There's so much content. And a lot of that content is not positive content. A lot of that content often makes a person feel more insecure, more inadequate, and makes a person feel small. So my biggest tip in learning how to believe in yourself and learning how to develop confidence in yourself is to read positive content that affirms your value. So one of the greatest books I've read, um, I've read quite a few books this year, but one of the greatest books I've read this year is a book by Eckhart Tolle, um, which is called A New Earth. 
And another book that I've read this year, which I really, really loved, is by Louise Alhay called You Can Heal Your Life. And the reason why these books I find are so impactful is because they focus on how you understand yourself. You know, the way that you understand yourself will impact the way that you relate to people around you. And so I believe, you know, you want to be around happy people. You want to be around joyful people. But in order to attract people like that, you have to be a person that's like that. You know, so you first have to be joyful. You have to be positive. You have to be happy. You have to be the kind of person that other people want to be around. And sometimes that just requires you investing in yourself, getting to know yourself, reading books, watching content that reaffirms your value um, rather than dwelling in content that is negative and that makes you feel less than. Mm-hmm. So now I'd like to go back to your podcast. Um, when you started your podcast, do you have a team to work together? How did you start it? So I actually started on my own, yeah. Um, initially, I thought I wanted to I wanted to have more of a, how can I put it, a pop-focused or central um, podcast that really just spoke about, you know, things that were happening in the world. And I thought I would try and find a co-host Um, but then I realized that that wasn't really authentic to the message that I was trying to communicate into the world. So I wanted to make sure I actually didn't dilute that message by having a co-host. Um, and I guess that's why I took long, right? Because if you're not having a co-host when you do something or you're not having a partner or a co-founder, then it's kind of all on you. And I felt that in the beginning, I put a lot of pressure on myself to create a perfect product. But um, I think in time, the more I've learned to trust my voice and what I'm trying to do in the world, um, the easier it has become. So, I mean, I'll give you an example. I've done so many different episodes, um, but the episodes that I've done have been on, you know, how to create a new mindset, you know, or how to create mental balance during COVID-19, Um, you know, how to be financially savvy with your with your personal finances. So all the topics that I talk about, I make sure that they impact people's lives in a positive way. You know, every single um, episode, like I said, is released on a Tuesday. And I call that, you know, Tuesday, choose yourself. So what is the one thing you can do every Tuesday that centralizes your health, your well-being, and your progression. You know, it can be reading a book, it can be going for a walk, it can be going to therapy, you know, it can be all different kinds of things, eating a healthy meal, drinking water. But what is the one thing that you're going to do on this Tuesday that centralizes you, that focuses on your health and your well-being? And so my, my intention for every single episode was to communicate that message, you know, that you are important and that you do need time, care, love and affection and you need to show yourself that, that love and affection. It's very easy for us to show other people love and affection, support, patience and sometimes it's a bit trickier with ourselves. So the whole idea with every single episode is to make sure that at least on a Tuesday, if not any other day, you're able to do something that centralizes your health and your well-being. Do you remember what was the first reaction when you listened to your first episode? Oh my God, when I listened to my first episode, I cringed. <laughs> I cringed. I like, 
there were so many different mixed emotions. And I mean, I contacted a few friends of mine and I asked them to listen. Um, and I was, I think I was quite insecure after the first one, because you never know how the first one is going to go. And I think in time you, you get better, you know, but when I listened to the first one, I was so nervous. Um, but I was also really relieved. I was happy that I just put something out there and I was receiving a lot of support from people I didn't know that found great value in that episode. And that episode was about how to create a new perspective. So it was a bit of a difficult topic, but it's something that I really wanted to talk about because I find that in life, we often get into situations where we feel stuck, you know, and we feel that we are so overwhelmed by what we currently are facing that we just can't see a way out. And so I wanted that episode to talk about how we can gain a new perspective and how we can use what we already have to put us in a, in a better position. So it was quite well received and it was quite a relief once I did the first one. It felt like I had finally listened to that inner voice that said, start the podcast, just start. So it was a great feeling. Through talking to people, I learned that um, their surrounding and their family shape who they are and the way that they um, implement the project or pursue their career. I'm wondering, in your case, how do your community and your family shape who you are and how you run your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... It's it's you absolutely correct. You know you you can't get to know somebody without knowing where they're from and their context. Um, so I was you know born in South Africa, but I was actually born in in, in a region called um, the Eastern Cape. It's one of our provinces, and um, within that province, I was born in a small small village um, called Engobo, and. Um, It's, it's very underdeveloped, you know, extremely underdeveloped. And um, like I said, I wasn't born into any kind of wealth. Um, my late mother actually cleaned houses for a living. So she really didn't have a lot of money. Um, but my, my mom brought me to Johannesburg, which is one of our main um, business hubs when I was four years old. And she brought me to the city because she wanted me to succeed. And the way that I was living at the time um, in the village just wasn't going so great. Um, and so she took the very little money that she had and she brought me to the city. And, um, you know, when she brought me to the city, there wasn't much of a plan. You know, there wasn't much of a plan. I think she was just so desperate to see me succeed that I think even without a plan, she just needed me to be okay. And she just needed me to have a chance. And so she brought me to, to Johannesburg when I was four years old and she, she didn't really even have money to send me to school. So I started school. I was supposed to start, I think, um, nursery school. Um, and I was supposed to, you know, obviously start with the other kids. Um, so I had to, when I did eventually start school, it was a bit of a catch up, you know, because um, I was, I didn't, my mom didn't start me in a, in a later grade. So I was, I was in a grade that was appropriate for my age. And so there was a lot of development that I had to do very quickly, you know, how to read, how to count, how to write, how to cut, how to color in, how to do all of these things. Um, but she brought me to the city and she wanted me to, to win. She wanted me to succeed. And um, I think the way that that has shaped me 
has been so incredible, you know, because like I said, it was always amazing to me that my mom had so much courage to come to this city. You know, this city, like most big cities in the world, has its dark side, it has its crazy side, but she brought me to the city just with the hope that I would make something of my life. And um, I think that takes a lot of faith. You know, that takes mm-hmm. a lot of belief. And um, I think that's been one thing that has always grounded me, that it doesn't matter how you start. You know, when my mom brought me to the city, she had nothing. When I look at how far I've come in my life, I realize how tenacious she was how ambitious she was, how much grit she had. And when I look at my life, I can say that her faith manifested. It was worth it. So that has always inspired me that you can start with little money. You can start with little influence. You can start with a little audience, but never despise the days of humble beginnings. You know, just because it starts small, it doesn't mean it's going to end small. And so that's always carried me. It's carried me through my career. It's carried me through my studies. It's carried me through everything that I never undermine how I start. And and it's also encouraged me with the relationships that I have with people that I meet along the way, whether it's colleagues or whether it's the people that I mentor um, or the people that, that come to me for different reasons. I never undermine a person based on where they start because I know that where a person starts is not where they end. And so I try to give people as much respect as possible, um, regardless of, of where they're starting from. How this hardship and your mom's experience and sacrifice impact you as a young woman? Yeah. Well, I mean, so she did, she did that for a living. And like I said, it was hard. And um, I, I think it's important that no matter what background you come from, that you never embarrassed or ashamed of where you come from because you all come from different stories right and I think it's important that we respect our roots um, but I think a lot of the the, the parts was uh, you know bursaries and and getting subsidies and trying to make it work you know but I think one of the main things with my mom is she always believed in my dreams I could tell her the craziest dream And she would always be the first person that would say, you can do it. And so I think no matter how much we didn't have, we always had great faith. We always had great ambition. And I think that really did shape a lot of my life and a lot of the things that I've, I've managed to, to accomplish. And of course, I'm not done. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even <laughs> where I want to be. But I, I think that's shaped me tremendously, being able to again, create a vision for your life and to be able to have the grit and the determination to see that vision through even when you come across obstacles. Have you thought about dropping out of school or stop doing what you like because of this hardship? Because I have experienced it myself. I wanted to quit school when I was a teenager when I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, we, we all get um, those moments where we are tempted to give up because it's just too difficult. Um, the journey just seems too long and, you know, doesn't seem like you're, you're going to make it. But I think in those moments where I did feel like that, I've always been anchored by the reason why I started. And I think that's one thing that I'd say to your listeners today, that 
no matter what challenge you're going through right now, you know, it, challenges can be very difficult and I'm not trying to undermine that at all. But why did you start? You know, do you remember why you started in the first place? If you can remember why you started, I often find that the challenge will never be greater than why you started. And I think that means that no matter what you start in life, whether it's a degree, a business, an NGO, you need to have good reasons for why you start. Because in the face of adversity and in the face of challenges, you need to be able to bring those reasons up again to reinvigorate you, to fill you up and to recharge you to get back out there and continue on the journey that you have laid out for yourself. So I think the important thing is to always remember why you started. That's wonderful. Um, I have my last questions. Do you have any messages for young women? Well, I'd, I'd say the first thing um, is that, you know, it's, it's, nothing can ever be accomplished if you're not present. So no matter what you want to do, it's important that you practice presence. And what do I mean by presence? Being, being, being present is essentially being available for the task at hand. So if you are tutoring young girls maths or English and you are tutoring, every tutor session is about an hour, be 100% available for that student in that hour. If you're studying and you're studying for 45 minutes, be 100% available for the knowledge in that 45 minutes because success takes a lifetime to build. It doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes it can be quite overwhelming along the way because you don't know at what point will you be successful. And so instead of stressing about the macro vision, instead of facing um, this big, bold dream, the only thing you really have control over is this moment right now. So try to be as available and as present in this moment right now. You know, you don't need a lot to start. You just need to start. So whatever point you're starting at, be 100% available in that moment. Um, and I think it's, it's really just about being present, you know, being present in the small things. Sometimes we stumble across our purpose just because we were present. You know, it's that one meeting, that one conversation, that one interview where you were 100% available, where you realized, you know what? I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I think for everybody out there, um, creating your purpose, releasing your purpose, creating greatness in your life starts with you being present in every single moment. Cece Powers, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This was so great. I really loved um, this interview. It was really good to chat to you. Thank you for listening to Nick Women Generation. To support this self-funded project, please click like and subscribe to our podcast. If you like this interview, please leave us a review. You can also send us feedback on our social media platforms and website. Stay tuned to our next speaker.